Hello, this is episode 453, recorded on Tuesday, the 9th of October, 2022, at 23.14.37. I didn't even tell you what this was episode 453 of. It is episode 453 of... Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Podcast. Yes, I am finally back. Finally? Doesn't seem like that long. I don't think it's that long, but it seemed like that long as I was compiling the show notes for this episode, as you're about to hear, because there is quite a lot in it. The heat wave is back. I can certainly feel it tonight. It's not quite as brutal as it was. But the temperature around here today was in the early 30s. Not the early 40s. Man, do you remember that? That was too much. I've been listening to the last episode that I tweeted as a re-revisit of the continuing classic Doctor Who marathon. It was episode 87 back in 2015. That was The Evil of the Daleks. Although I'm not tweeting, these are happening automatically, I decided to have a listen And there is a ridiculously stupid bit in that episode where I make a vocal beep. I say into the mic, beep, something like that. I used to do that to mark sections that I wanted to edit in post. I left that beep in. I decided to leave it in because it's funnier rather than go back and editing a seven-year-old episode. Also because I didn't keep the raw audio back then. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to edit a MP3 and make a copy of it. A copy of a copy, it degrades. But also, what is the point? And that is quite funny. Also, listening to it, I say something incredibly stupid regarding audio, which is, in fact, completely wrong. So, ignore that. Those tweets of old episodes of Classic Doctor Who are going to stop next week. If you want to re-revisit those episodes where I talk about Classic Doctor Who, you can, of course, do that just by subscribing And through whatever podcast manager you use, just do a text string search for Doctor Who and you'll find them all. I started doing that back in 2014 and there are rather a lot of them because it is 2022 and that revisit is still happening. I am recording on my Mac Mini again, but... Shock horror, I'm not using Windows or Linux, I'm actually using MacOS, albeit a very old version of MacOS. I'll talk about that later. It's 
a whole annoying thing. As we're in the pre-show section, I don't feel that I've sufficiently warmed up yet. Let me tell you about a dream I had. It was horror-based. Many of my dreams are actually genre-based. And it happened quite a few days ago. Luckily, I've put the dates of things almost religiously, like some kind of OCD maniac. I am, so (laughs) there is that. Horror Dream, 30th of July 2022, 09.30, is when I wrote about this dream, so I am presuming that was the morning after, or at least several hours after that dream. In the dream, fantasy horror based, a hunter is at a market stall, And he keeps asking the merchant for larger and larger dismembering tools because he has something that he has caught and killed and wants to take apart. Eventually, the stallholder gives him a blood-splattered contraption. It looks like someone took multiple garden shears, and attached them to the end of a toothless rake. It's a terrifying-looking device. When the hunter picks the thing up, we all laugh uproariously in this pseudo-medieval setting of the village. It was not... A particularly disturbing dream, but now that I repeat it, it does seem a little horrifying. I have had several bizarre dreams since that dream, and it's only a few days later, so I won't talk any more about my dreams. I think that's enough of a warm-up. Okay, just before we start talking science fiction, fantasy, and horror, I have a few relevant little pieces of news from the world of geekdom recently. No, it's not to do with San Diego Comic-Con. Look, I live in the UK. I couldn't afford to go to San Diego. Though I did watch all the trailers... But no, that's not what this is about. Maybe we'll talk about the trailers in a later episode. This is about several celebrity deaths. I should say at the top of this item, this is not a celebrity obituary show. But recently there have been quite a few deaths of people who meant something to me as a science fiction, fantasy and horror buff, in the order which these deaths were announced, let's start with singer and actor Bernard Cribbins, pre-New Who's old soldier Wilfred Mott, Donna Noble's granddad. I remember him mostly from that wonderful film 
from Milton Savotsky's Amicus Productions, Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD, starring Peter Cushing as the Doctor. In that movie, he played a hapless constable Tom Campbell, who (laughs) accidentally stumbles into the TARDIS when he needs to use a police call box, and then ends up not entirely voluntarily a companion of the Doctor when they travel to the future. He also had a long and prolific career in film and TV. And this is something I have totally forgot, that he played a likeable station porter, Albert Perks, in The Railway Children. If you remember that kids movie with Jenny Agatha. And of course, The Wombles. I'm not sure that I even knew that... He was involved in the Wombles before I learned of his death. But I do remember really loving the Wombles. I even had a little figurine of... Oh, was it Orinoco or Tobamori? One or the other. And I had a cuddly toy as well when I was little. Ah, the Wombles. R.I.P. Bernard Cribbins. Next, David Warner. Do you remember his long face and lanky physique? And great acting chops, of course. Another prolific stage, TV, and particularly film career that was a fixture of my childhood. He also continued working right into my middle age. His casting in very geeky films made him a favourite of mine. To name but a few, he was in The Omen. He played an unfortunate reporter. He played Jack the Ripper in Time After Time with Malcolm McDowell. Brilliant film. He played the evil one in Time Bandits. (laughs) And uh, another villain in Tron. And... In Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, he played a Klingon, a rather cool Klingon. What an amazing and incredibly long-spanning career that was. R.I.P. David Warner. Next, Nichelle Nichols. This one did get to me. I remember Nichelle Nichols, of course, as a Star Trek fan, as Lieutenant Uhura. My... Favourite scene is from the Star Trek original series. It might even be an early episode, episode 2, unless I'm completely wrong, titled Charlie X, where she sings Beyond Antares with Spock accompanying her on his Vulcan lyre. That is such an iconic scene in Star Trek, and I really love that scene. Nichelle Nichols as a black woman bridge officer, together with Asian starship pilot Hikaru Sulu, played by Walter Tekai, in the 1960s, was revolutionary. Sadly, it's still revolutionary today. 
Farewell, Nyota, Yuhura, and I'll see you beyond Antares. R.I.P. Nichelle Nichols. And finally, this came very, very recently, Olivia Newton-John. I remember her mostly from Greece, as most people do, but there were also the songs, physical, and other songs too, massive pop star. Greece, though, I remember that because my mum took me to see the movie at the ABC Cinema in Catford, I think it was a long time ago. We set through that film three times in a row, which was something you were allowed to do back then, and something that people actually wanted to do back then. Well, some people. I do remember by the third time we were probably the only audience members who had set through that film three times in a row. Summer Days Drifting Away. R.I.P. Olivia Newton-John. With that, let us segue straight into culture, science fiction, fantasy, and horror, and talk about Lightyear. Lightyear is a Disney and Pixar 2009-22 animated movie in which Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear's recklessness severely cocks up a deep space mission, almost killing the entire crew, though not actually killing them, but stranding them many light years from Earth. That's a general blurb of what the movie's about. Eventually, things do sort of work out, but without spoiling it too much, I can't go into it. I thought light year was too obvious, it was too on the nose, it was too overly derivative of other films, like Disney's The Black Hole, in terms of, for example, the villainous robot. Sorry, I am straying into spoiler territory. Worse than that, though, because many films today will make callbacks to earlier films that were some kind of cultural zeitgeist of our collective past, or at least the past of the parents who take their children to see these movies. Something for the parents. However, for no apparent reason that I could work out, this movie, Lightyear, was terribly, pointlessly meta. By that I mean, at the beginning of this movie, we see some on-screen text that says, This is the movie that inspired the toy. The toy from Toy Story, of course. What on earth is the point of that? I'm an adult, and I did not find that funny. Anyone this movie is aimed at who is young won't get it, and there is just no point to it. Alright then, too on the nose, too overly derivative, and too meta. On the other hand, there were really lovely spacey sci-fi effects that I enjoyed, and also 
heartwarming relationships, and those things stole it for me. I also really loved one of the side characters, a talking robot therapy cat, who is prescribed to Buzz Lightyear for his PTSD, and also turns out to have these really useful R2-D2-like abilities. For example, I did not know that robot cats can hack computers by sticking their tails into sockets. <laughs> I also liked the portrayal of the astronauts' right stuff, intellect and brawny arrogance, as maybe not such a great combination after all. That's really hammered home in the first few minutes of the movie. It apparently didn't do that well at the box office, I think. Okay, I had to bring up the browser to check this out. So I'll say something and then not back it up with any evidence. Because, as I often say, I'm not really interested in the box office. It did make a profit, just not much of a profit. It cost 200 million and it made 222, 223 million. Not a flop. Not entirely, anyway. Critically, it didn't do as well. Though, it didn't do as badly as I've read. That was the Wikipedia page. What does it say in IMDb? Three stars on IMDb. 75%. Four stars on Rotten Tomatoes. So, not brilliant, not terrible. I don't entirely agree with that. I think it's probably better than that for me, personally. That is why I leave looking at what other people say after I've reviewed the movie myself. That is what I encourage other reviewers to do. Let's always get a fresh take on what you think. And that is what I thought of Lightyear. Not terrible, not great. Great effects, heartwarming. Next, Altitude. From 2010. I have wanted to see this for ages because I'm into films about flying, particularly if horror or science fiction is involved. Here, there is no conflict in what I think of the movie. It is bad. It is a horror film about a group of teams on a Langolias-like flight to hell. Although it's a lot worse than Stephen King's Langolias. One character has a power like that of Richard Burton from the 1978 film The Medusa Touch. The story is also very Twilight Zone-like, with a time-twisting ending. I've already said it's no good, and I've already said I didn't like it. But when you say the Medusa touch-like, and Twilight Zone-like, 
and time-twisting ending, all those things sound very promising. Unfortunately, it's poorly and boringly executed, but the truly terrible thing about this film is that the characters, all of them, are hateable. And that really made it stink, because it was impossible to care what happened to any of them. And that is a constant problem I'm up against when I'm watching something. I've mentioned this before, there needs to be some way to connect with the characters. And if you can't, then you're just on a journey with a bunch of people that you don't care about. So you are not invested in the movie. And that's what happened to me here. Altitude 2010, absolute crap. This is, of course, a science fiction, fantasy and horror podcast, but it is also a podcast about me and the things that I've been watching, reading, playing. So forgive me as we veer into non-science fiction, fantasy and horror for a few minutes, and let me tell you about the few things that I've been watching. First of all, this is the last movie that we're going to talk about this week, Le Mans 66. I believe this is also Ford versus Ferrari, or Ferrari versus Ford. It has that title in some territories, but in the UK it was Le Mans 66. This is a 2019 movie about a tea-drinking, fighty, spanner-throwing British racing driver, Ken Miles, who allies himself with legendary car designer, Carol Shelby, who has made a deal with Ford to take the GT40 first across the line at Le Mans and trounce Ferrari. Christian Bale is great as the incredibly difficult to get on with Englishman, Matt Damon is also great as the charismatic Carol Shelby, but they, the actors that is, look a lot better than their real life counterparts, which is hardly unusual for a Hollywood retelling, but it really stands out here. I'm not being unkind by saying that the people they play were not movie star material. <laughs> I enjoyed the drama, I enjoyed the characters, especially Shelby. I enjoyed the cars, especially the AC Shelby Cobra, of course I did. But I thought the ending was an unnecessary downer that should have been left on the cutting room floor. There was no reason to extend the film to the point where it gets depressing, we could have just ended with our hero crossing the finish line. That is Le Mans 66. Next, we are moving on to TV and Snowfall. Season 5 of John Singleton's violent drama set in drug-infested 80s LA dropped some time ago, and I immediately box-setted the lot. This has been in my show notes for quite some time. I'm finally getting around to talking about it. In this season's Snowfall, the young kingpin, Franklin Saint, played impeccably by Damson Idris from South London, 
tries to extricate himself from the drug business and go straight. He is stymied by ex-CIA officer Teddy McDonnell, played by Carter Hudson, now an asset to the CIA, who deals himself back into the game because he is a control freak and he knows where all the bodies are buried and he knows who's pulling all the strings. As ever, Teddy McDonnell seems nice on the surface, but is evil and just doesn't know it himself, though he does have these really great vintage Carrera-style sunglasses. Season 5 ends with Franklin's money spirited away by Teddy with the help of the CIA and him declaring war on Teddy with the help of the KGB, who his mother has a relationship with through the murder of Franklin's father in Cuba. The central theme of Snowfall is that the CIA facilitated the US-supported Nicaraguan Contras cocaine trade. This funded the Contras' war against the socialist Sandinista government of Nicaragua. A lot of cocaine found its way onto the streets of LA because of this. As for whether the CIA were really complicit... It doesn't seem that implausible, as we are talking about the same agency that ran Air America in Laos, purportedly helping the transport of heroin of their anti-communist allies. More recently, there have been accusations that Afghan opium kingpins have also been CIA assets. Several major US government inquiries and an American pop culture rife with stories based around these suspicions, like, for example, Air America, suggests that something terribly fishy has been going on for many years, but as I'm not an investigative journalist, we'll just leave it there. Back to Snowfall, if you can stomach the incredible violence... Appalling language, depressing topic, but you also enjoyed shows like Breaking Bad, this action-packed drama from John Singleton, and more latterly, after his death, Walter Mosley, is easy to recommend, and that's Snowfall, yeah. Up to season five now. I guarantee if you start watching this, you won't stop watching. I only have one last thing to say about this. Walter Mosley, please make Snowfall Season 6 the last. Let us move on to something else. I'm not sure that I've mentioned this before. I may have mentioned one of these shows, maybe one or two of these shows. I'm just not sure. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologise. ITV have been remaking classic films like The Ipcrest File, Maigret, Titanic, Dr. Zhivago, into TV shows. Given the pedigree of the things that they're trying to reboot, are they any good? I have only seen 
of these dramas a few episodes of the Ipcress file. I think the few episodes that I saw were good. They were true to the Harry Palmer character. But even so, it wasn't for me. I suppose remaking these things are ITV's attempts to introduce screen classics to a younger generation, but I wonder at the actual viewer demographics, as even the new version of the Ipcrest file seems older-fashioned than the original movie from the 60s. Whatever's going on, as a very long-standing fan of the Harry Palmer, Michael Caine films, and Lan Dighton's novels, The Ipcrest File, Funeral in Berlin, and Billion Dollar Brain, I don't think these reboots are for me. The originals are enough, and that also goes for the rest of these reboots, especially since the original Dr. Zhivago, starring Omar Sharif, is a perennial Matur family favourite, so I'm out. That is it for TV shows and films this week. Let us move on to something else. Let us move on to technology. I don't have too much to say, I just had a few moans, and then we'll end the show. I said at the top of the show that I'm recording this in Mac OS X on my Mac Mini because my netbook, which was recently much praised in an earlier episode, has failed me. What I found out the last time I used it to record was that the fan emits this high-pitched noise, which is picked up by my mic. Also, very annoyingly, even a sideways glance uh, the power socket will disconnect the dratted thing. It has a very dodgy power connection. It is incredibly unreliable. So I have reluctantly returned to the embrace of ye old Mac Mini 2012. By happy happenstance, I have finally worked out how to increase the keyboard repeat rate, which for some insane reason is set very very low on a Mac so it seems like you're walking through treacle when you try typing anything which is great because I can now write my show notes in Tax Wrangler without dying of old age another annoyance that I fixed in Tax Wrangler at least was I found a way in the settings of how to make the home and page up page down keys work correctly. Why am I using Text Wrangler, which is very old and obsolete by now? Why, as a lifelong Vi user, am I not using Vim? Have you seen the state of Mac Vim? I do not know how to configure it yet, and I'm hoping that this move to the Mac is temporary, so my motivation levels are around zero. Saying that, I have also installed some apps to make Mac life less unbearable, like the Window Manager Spectacle, moving windows around 
a Mac by default is not simple, and a clipboard manager called JumpCut. And also, I've been tweaking every setting imaginable because Apple doesn't want you to stray from the crib. It's the Apple way or it's the highway. What the hell is wrong with Apple? Why won't they let you do stuff? (laughs) I've got to tell you, the sooner this hell is over, the better. I don't think I can work with an Apple machine. That's because, unfortunately, through many decades of careful curation, my toolchain largely consists of 32-bit Windows software. Yeah, so PC buggerations. Let us move on to other annoyances. Online forums suck. I am really done with Reddit lately, and all other online forums... I'm fed up of petty mods looking for fights, and I'm not playing their game. If there is enough interest, I might be tempted to start an IRC channel for listeners of Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show. This isn't the first time I've tried something like this and wasted a lot of time setting it up, only to have too few participants. So if you want me to do that, you're going to have to get in touch, and it's going to have to be more than three people. On the lighter side, while I'm not a member of the forum Stack Overflow, I do read it from time to time, because it's useful, I came across this from a disgruntled moderator. Quote, Stack Overflow is not a free code writing or tutorial service. Unquote. As we know, though, that's exactly what Stack Overflow is. It is a free code writing and tutorial service that just about every programmer on the planet uses. Get over yourself, moderators. Social media, of course, also sucks. For me, anyway. Which is why I recently tweeted to my followers that I would take a week-long break from Twitter, starting late Friday night. 5th of August 2022 at 22.43, which is an overly precise piece of information. Do you know what happened? Almost immediately I announced that. I don't know if it's a coincidence or there's something clever in the Twitter algorithm, but I noticed that I suddenly lost a follower. I'm not sure if there's something in the Twitter algorithm that looks out for stuff that suggests that a user might be becoming disgruntled with their service and then gamifies a way of hooking them in again. Or is that too paranoid on my part? I don't know. But it seems like a very suspicious coincidence. The thing is, Twitter... And whoever the hell's running it, I don't care. I really, really hope it's going to be Elon Musk, because there is something just so satisfying in watching him suffer that much buyer's regret. And not only do I not care, but not being on Twitter is such a relief that I can allow myself a sigh. I haven't sighed for a while. Stand by for sigh. Ah.
almost finally. Well, finally for the technology section, which I said would be short, but I've been banging on for minutes now. Dating apps also suck. Not that I've tried any dating apps in an age. Though I have talked about this quite extensively in this podcast. See previous episodes? I recently uninstalled Hinge from my phone. I just thought I would mention that. I was going for an exercise of upgrading apps on my phone. It's not set up to automatically update. And I noticed that Hinge was there. I thought, sod it. Goodbye, Hinge. And that is mostly it. We're in the after show section. I just had one more item of embarrassment to convey to you. (laughs) And that is about the word embwatma. Which, please God, let me have pronounced correctly this time. At the end of pod... 452, where we revisited classic Doctor Who and talked about the story titled Full Circle, I tried to correct my mispronunciation of Mbwatma as in charged vacuum Mbwatma, C-V-E, although Tom Baker does say Mbwatment. Instead, I mispronounced it again for which I blame Tom Baker. Although, really, I should know better, as French-ish languages are technically my second language. My parents are from Mauritius, so my second language should be Creole. I buggered it up. What a complete wally, and I apologise profusely for the entire... Mauritian community in the UK and the world. (laughs) I think this show has gone on long enough now, don't you? I'm looking at the timey thingamy doodle thing in Audacity and it's 48 minutes 10 seconds now. Let's end this. The show that you just listened to is made by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, though it is better to review in Apple Podcasts. As ever, I would ask you to recommend it to a friend or enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction, fantasy and horror podcast. This was episode... I had to look that up again. 453, taped on Tuesday the 9th of August 2022, but ending on Wednesday the 10th of August 2022 at 000827. Thanks for listening, everyone. Speak to you soon in the next episode, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Editing Roy here, a day later, Thursday the 11th of August 2022 at 00.3853 to tell you that I had to edit this entire pod 
on the malfunctioning netbook because I found out that scrubbing backwards and forwards in the waveform in Audacity on my Mac with 4 gigs of RAM and an iCore 5 Intel CPU is incredibly slow. It is slower than on a much older Atom-powered netbook, and I can only put that down to some software glitch. I just thought I'd let you know that. My computer woes are far from over. Also, I still think I pronounced Mwatmunt or Mwatma wrong. I think I should have said Mwatma. Will this hell never end?